I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I'm passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so happy to have you here. Whether you are a brand new listener or one of my regulars, I appreciate you so much. So thank you for being here. For today's episode, we are covering a very popular diet and highly requested topic, and that is Whole30. So I'm sure you've heard of it, (laughs) but in case you haven't, or you've been curious to learn more, or you're possibly considering doing it in the new year or something like that, then keep listening. So I invited a fellow registered dietitian to come on and dive into exactly what the Whole30 diet or program entails. Everything from what the rules are, what the goals of following it might be for some individuals, pros and cons of the diet to consider, and so much more. So as you probably know, I talk a lot about intuitive eating and basically using a non-diet approach to nutrition and health. I have had my own personal journey with disordered eating in the past and a really complicated relationship with food and my body. And unfortunately, now as a dietitian working with clients every single day, I know so many people still struggle with the same things. There are so many different diets out there like Whole30 and Keto and Intermittent Fasting and Weight Watchers and so many others that I have never even heard of. And I know that they can seem very enticing at times, but also very overwhelming. So I recently covered 75 Hard a few episodes back if you're curious to to learn more about that one. But again, I know there's just a lot of information to sift through about all the different diets. And truly, at the end of the day, as dietitians, we just want to help people understand how to improve their nutrition in a way that actually feels good for them, that doesn't feel crazy restrictive and unrealistic to follow for more than, say, 30 days at a time. So I'm really excited to have my friend Charlotte Martin on today. Some of you may recognize her from Instagram and or TikTok as Shaped by Charlotte. She encourages a plant-forward approach and refers to herself as an open-minded dietitian. And I think she does a great job of sharing a variety of healthy plant-forward recipes, calling out BS on Instagram, busting myths, and sharing the actual science to help people make informed choices regarding their nutrition and health. So you'll hear throughout this episode that Charlotte and I have a lot of common beliefs when it comes to nutrition, and I think this was a great conversation that will help so many people. This is not just relevant for those who are curious about Whole30, by the way, but honestly about any diet in general. And spoiler alert, but you'll find that I, that both of us don't really endorse really any specific quote unquote diet um, plan that's out there. But ultimately, I know every single individual is different and what works well for one person won't necessarily work for another and that's okay. And whether or not I support or encourage these diets 
realistically, I know deep down in my soul (laughs) that people are going to continue to try them. That's just the reality of our world. And so I would rather shed some light on them so you can feel more informed and make decisions that feel good for you and for your long-term health, both your physical and your mental health. So this might go without saying, but we do, of course, talk a lot about diets today. There is some mention as well of calories and weight slash weight loss um, throughout the episode. So if you are going through your own journey of healing your relationship with food and or your body and feel like any of that could be possibly triggering for you right now, you may want to hold off on listening and maybe visit some of my other more like intuitive eating related episodes, which I can link up in the show notes for you guys. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it and have Charlotte let us know who she is and dive deep into Whole30. So my name is Charlotte Martin. I've been a dietitian for about eight years now. Um, My first job as an RD was in weight loss. So I worked at the headquarters for a very well-known weight loss company that is now a controversial MLM. I won't name them, but (laughs) I won't get into that. But Uh, I will say I learned a lot and my view on weight loss and weight loss programs has since evolved a lot. So I'm really glad that you picked me to talk about this topic. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was my first job out of school. So there was a lot to be learned. And uh, after a few years of that, I was then the director of nutrition and wellness for a large health club organization in Maryland. And then I do. I decided to go off on my own. And so I've been self-employed for several years now. I was doing some virtual one-on-one and group nutrition counseling during my first year of self-employment. I quickly realized I just ultimately didn't enjoy doing that. So now I'm most, yeah, I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now I just do mostly social media work, consulting with brands, creating nutrition content for them, recipes. And then I create my own content. I do a lot of informational and myth busting nutrition videos. And then I also write about nutrition on my website. And I also decided to go back to school this year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm go- I went back this is my first semester to obtain a doctorate in clinical nutrition. So that has been quite the adjustment. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. What made you decide that you wanted to go back to school for that? You know, and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, but I feel, at least with my undergraduate experience, and then I went on and got my master's after the dietetic internship, I feel that we really didn't get much, if any, education on, you know, how to effectively and efficiently find quality nutrition research and how to critically appraise it. So now that I really try to dive a little deeper into the nutrition, like into these controversial nutrition topics. Mm -hmm. I felt like I just, a lot of what I now do when I'm looking for nutrition evidence and when I am critiquing it, I feel like was kind of self-taught. So I just wanted to kind of brush up on those skills and make sure that I'm, I'm doing it correctly. I want to make sure that the nutrition information I'm putting out there, if I'm doing all of this myth busting and calling out these, you know, all this nutrition misinformation, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is correct and that I have the quality research to support it. 
Absolutely. And I have so much respect for that. And we'll kind of dive into this a little bit later. But Mm -hmm. I love that you do call out some of so much of the stuff that's on social media. The internet is a blessing and a curse. You know, there Mm -hmm. are so many amazing professionals that we can get legitimate information from. But it's hard to sift through what's legit and what's not. And people are very passionate about whatever they're talking about. So it can Mm -hmm. be very easy to fall for things that seem like they're true, but they're not. Um, And they can be really harmful. And so, yeah, Yeah. I love that you're so passionate about providing information that really is factual and will help people. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like that's why we became dietitians. We want to help people feel better and take care of themselves. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's interesting. I was thinking about this morning, you know, when social media first took off and when people started talking about nutrition, it seemed like all we had to really worry about was the people who had no formal nutrition education. So a lot of influencers, you know, in the wellness space who maybe had like a two week health coaching certification or who, you know, were personal trainers or just people who liked nutrition and wanted to talk about it. And now I'm sure you've noticed this, It's like all of these health professionals now are some of the worst offenders when it comes to spreading nutrition information. Mm -hmm. A lot of physicians, which is kind of scary because these are people we trust. These are people who are very health literate and we trust what they say about health and nutrition. And so it's kind of hard to decipher uh, between what is true and what is not true in their posts. And then, you know, unfortunately I'm seeing it happen with a lot of RDs as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what to do about that. Yeah. (laughs) Like what we can do about that except for staying true to the science, trying to um, correct misinformation when we see it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is tough. And there's, it seems like there's so much division now Mm -hmm. between different types of health health professionals, whether it's physicians or dietitians, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many like different sides and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we should all be like working together because again, we all want to help right. people. So like, let's be, let's work together to be like yes. <laughs> sharing again, factual information that is actually helpful mm-hmm. and, and yeah, not sharing like opinion based things, but like mm-hmm. legitimate evidence-based things. So yeah, very, very important. And I, again, appreciate all that, all that you do and it'll be really helpful to dive deeper into this. So yeah. as you all know, today we are diving into a very popular diet and that is Whole30. So as dietitians, again, we are constantly fielding questions from people who are asking about this diet or that diet. I swear there's a new one every single day that I hear about oh, from yeah. my clients and I'm like, I've never heard of that. So <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's always something new. But Whole30 is something that is like, you know, has been around for a while. It doesn't seem yeah. to be going anywhere. Um, so we always get a lot of interest and questions about it. And so I think mm-hmm. it'll be helpful to really dive into it and break down, okay, what is it, first of all? What is like the quote unquote goal or purpose of following mm-hmm. it? Um, you know, some reasons that people might be drawn to it. And yeah, just, you know, for example, a lot of people start it because they are trying to figure out what is causing like gut problems, for example. Right. Um, and then they like reintroduce foods. And so we'll share our thoughts mm-hmm. on that approach. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you go to the Whole30 website, it talks about, you know, the founder or co-founder founded it in 2009, transformed mm-hmm. her diet and or her health and habits and her emotional relationship with food. With this, they call it a 30-day dietary, quote unquote, experiment. 
Um, and then since then, of course, you know, yeah, millions of people have, you know, quote unquote, changed their lives with this program, mm-hmm. eliminating cravings, improving. I'm And I'm reading this straight from the website. So yeah. this is what it says. Eliminating cravings, improving energy and sleep, reporting an improvement in allergies, anxiety, chronic pain, digestive issues, skin conditions, and losing weight healthfully and sustainably. So those are some bold claims. So it's important to, again, kind of break down, okay, what are all of the amazing things that are leading to mm-hmm. these wildly amazing results, right? Mm-hmm. So do you want to kind of break down some of the like requirements or rules yeah, of Whole30 um, and kind of like any initial thoughts? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So interestingly, I always thought of Whole30 as more of like a weight, like people did it for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been a while since I kind of brushed up on the whole 30 requirements and all of that. And, and I was like, yeah, I mean, a a lot of people do this for an elimination diet, which Mm -hmm. we can get to later, but essentially the whole 30 diet, it's a month long elimination diet. The premise is that many common foods in Western diets, so like your standard American diet, so uh, sugar, alcohol, grains, uh, dairy, et cetera, they can be harmful to your overall health, well-being, and energy levels. So let's eliminate them and see how you feel, essentially. It is a little bit like paleo. So it's essentially a stricter and a little bit stricter and shorter version of a paleo diet because you're only supposed to do it for 30 days, even though it seems like a lot of people are doing it for the long term now, Mm -hmm. or at least attempting to. And the rules are pretty simple, but very strict. So no grains, no legumes. So that includes beans and soy foods, no alcohol, no added sugar, no dairy. Uh, This is where it it differs a little bit from paleo because I believe on paleo now, the rules change constantly with paleo (laughs) as they do with whole 30 actually. Um, But paleo now you can have grass fed dairy, but I digress. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So no dairy. And then I think you had mentioned this, uh, this at the beginning of the episode or when we were talking earlier, interesting, you can't recreate any baked goods. Yeah. Even with healthy whole foods that are allowed. (laughs) Yeah. So like you can make a muffin with almond flour that's completely sweetened by bananas because, Mm -hmm. uh, and this, I actually copied this quote, (laughs) their website and materials are full of great content for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is what it says. These are the same foods that got you into health and craving trouble in the first place. And a pancake is still pancake, even if it's made with coconut flour. (laughs) That is so bizarre. And it even says no banana egg pancakes, which I'm like, if bananas and eggs are allowed, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just can't understand that. I can't. It it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just eliminating a lot of food groups essentially. Yeah. And then you go through this, I think it's 10 days. It may, maybe a few more days, but um, like this reintroduction phase after. So you one at a time, Uh, I believe it's like legumes first and then non-gluten containing grains and then dairy for for a couple of days and then gluten containing grains. And you're, you're essentially supposed to just kind of track any symptoms, see how you feel when you reintroduce those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I guess let's touch on briefly too, which Mm -hmm. foods are allowed. (laughs) on on whole 30. (laughs) So what is allowed? So fruit, vegetables, you can have starchy vegetables as well. So potatoes uh, are included, meat, seafood, 
eggs, and then natural fats, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming is like avocado, olive oil. And then you can do things like herbs, spices, seasonings, vinegars. I think they just added back, oh, like extracts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That was a (laughs) while. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, And I wanted to point out too that like with the no, no sugars, no added Mm -hmm. sugar, real or artificial. So I think it's important to remember um, or to remind people like that includes honey, no syrup, no, no, like even like stevia or things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really like any, anything that you are eating that is sweet will be in fruit form. Mm -hmm. Yeah basically. Yeah. So let's dive a little bit deeper into some of these. Mm -hmm. So I guess, first of all, you know, what aspects of it do you think are like good suggestions first? And then of course, which ones do you think are unnecessary (laughs) or like potentially even harmful to remove? Everyone wants to save cash this time of year and America's best value meal kit helps you do just that. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, which means you can put the money you save towards gifts for friends, family, or, you know, yourself. Every plate recipes feature high quality produce and ingredients delivered right to your front door and ready to eat in six simple steps. Choose between 25 weekly recipes from their ever changing menu, and you can even swap proteins and sides to your liking. Every plate makes it easy to find recipes that everybody will love. Choose from family friendly, quick and easy, meat and veggie, and veggie. You can try whatever you want without committing to one preference. I always love getting a new every plate box because it helps me mix things up in the kitchen, try new things that I wouldn't make otherwise. My husband and son always love the meals too. They are easy to make with simple ingredients, but always so incredibly delicious. We love to get the four-person box, which always provides great leftovers for work lunches. Getting every plate saves me so much time and energy from meal planning and going to the store, and it's such a fun way to get more variety in our diets, and I love that they incorporate seasonal dishes too. Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal on your first box by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code wellness for the win 149. That's just $1.49 per meal on your first box by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code wellness for the win 149. That's up to a $110 value. You can find my link in the code in the show notes. I hope your family loves every plate as much as we do. So I would say the cons list is probably a little longer than the pros yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. But I I do want to say I consider myself to be an open-minded dietitian. Mm-hmm. I am not I'm not anti weight loss and I'm not anti diet per se. I'm anti weight loss and diet culture. Mm-hmm. So I understand the appeal of this and I understand why someone would want something that's very structured and strict because even though a lot of people say they want flexibility, um, some people just need <laughs> something really strict to get them to follow it. There's not a lot of thinking involved. There's not a lot of room for error. So I understand, again, I understand the appeal and I would never shame someone for wanting to try Whole30 or start the new year and just do it for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Some of the pros with the specifics. So I do appreciate, and this is on their jumpstart guide. I do appreciate that they say, don't step on the scale for the 30 days. Uh, I'm also not super anti weighing yourself, but typically with these fad programs, they are fad diet programs. They're very scale focused. Mm -hmm. And we know that that can, that can mess with you. So I like that 
not only do they say like, do they not say to weigh yourself? They make it a point to say, don't weigh yourself. Mm-hmm. I also, let's see, uh, they recently, this is kind of just like a, a little specific thing. They have a page that says like program updates. They did, they used to say no MSG and they recently added that back in. And this is from their website. So they say they're always evaluating the whole 30 rules against the current science, which is a little funny. Um, (laughs) The bottom line, there's a lack of verifiable science to back up claims that MSG is the cause of negative health symptoms, which is true. Um, And there is very compelling evidence that Chinese restaurant uh, syndrome is rooted in racism and xenophobia. So I I do like, even if they're just trying to save face here, which it Mm -hmm. kind of seems like I like that they, you know, they acknowledge that Mm -hmm. and have made that change. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't, so, I was not aware of that change. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of diving into, into yeah. the <laughs> I like that it's not calorie focused. Mm-hmm. So we know that to lose weight, you have to be in an, in an energy deficit. So simply put calories in less than calories out. That doesn't mean you have to religiously count and track calories to get into a caloric deficit. So anyone losing weight on Whole30 is in a calorie deficit, but it's because they have to eliminate all these foods, which of course, and we can talk about this in the cons, of course, can bring about some disordered thoughts around food, having to eliminate them. But Mm -hmm. I do like that you don't have to be fixated on calories. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think that's that's definitely a positive. Mm -hmm. Another one, the added sugar. I personally think that eliminating added sugar for 30 days is totally unnecessary and overly restrictive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it helps people become more aware of how much added sugar they're consuming. So I'm honestly all for doing like a a week or, you know, 10 day type added sugar uh, reset or something like that, just again, to make you aware of how much added sugar you're consuming and all of the products that contain added sugar and a lot of added sugar at that. But I would never recommend someone do that for 30 days on top of also having to restrict all of these foods. Right. Because that can be extremely challenging. For sure. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, Added sugars, I mean, truthfully, they are in majority of food products these mm-hmm. days, of course, more like processed foods. Right. So I I agree. I don't think it hurts to be aware and just mm-hmm. checking labels and comparing because sometimes it's just a simple swap. Like, right. oh, you know what? This yogurt is way higher than I realized. Is there mm-hmm. an equal, you know, a comparable option that I really enjoy as well that has a lot fewer added sugars? You know, yeah. it's just sometimes it's a simple swap. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be like this big restrictive thing, but something that you can be doing just to to care for your body mm-hmm. and your health. So yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And and also it's about the messaging. So mm-hmm. the way they position added sugars is that they're so bad. And while yes, they're not great for your health, um, I would argue they are good for your mental health mm-hmm. <laughs> in certain situations. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But it, it's this messaging that, you know, it's this fear mongering. So right. I, if they would position it a little differently, I would probably be more supportive of this like 30 day elimination of added sugar. But um, mm-hmm. it's just they speak about it so negatively mm-hmm. yeah. that I just wouldn't want people to develop this disordered thinking around added sugars. 
For sure. And that's unfortunately what usually happens. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Another plus is that because this program has been around for so long, they do have a ton of recipes available mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of products mm-hmm. available at the store. So, I mean, even at Target, I go there and I see the Whole30 label on like dressings, marinades. So I'm sure that's that's very helpful for, for a lot of individuals. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I, I do appreciate that they don't eliminate fruit. Fruit has such a bad reputation these days. So I yeah. appreciate they don't eliminate that and that True. they do this big push for vegetables mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, getting in your healthy fats. And I believe I have the Jumpstart Guide up here. So I like that they say, you know, eating three to four meals a day, starting with a good breakfast. I mean, that's a great healthy habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then filling your plate with vegetables, adding fat, adding a serving of fruit if you choose to. So I think those are definitely some positives. And yeah. uh, it's not exactly how I'd recommend structuring meals because it misses, you know, it leaves out grains, mm-hmm. <laughs> legumes, right. those fiber rich carbs. But there are some positives there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not not super restrictive in that it does encourage you to eat mm-hmm. you know, substantial meals multiple times a day. That is mm-hmm. definitely a positive, I would agree. So yeah, let's touch on the no legumes and no grains aspects because mm-hmm. those are definitely, you know, as dietitians, I think the biggest red flags were like, okay, but why? <laughs> you right. know, because those can be extremely healthy foods. And like you mentioned, you know, when you're kind of reincorporating, it sounds like they allow the gluten-free grains back in first, which, you know, yes, there are people who have a gluten intolerance or, of Mm -hmm. course, celiac disease or reasons that they need to avoid those things along with dairy, which we can kind of dive into as well. Mm -hmm. But there are also, I mean, so many of these are perfectly healthy, wonderful foods with so many health benefits. And like you mentioned, fiber and, Mm -hmm. you know, vitamins and minerals and, and also they're delicious, right? Right. (laughs) They add so much satisfaction to our diets and our meals. So yeah. What are your thoughts on kind of these two specific rules? I mean, these are some of the most nutritious foods that, you know, interestingly, they talk so negatively about the Western diet, which it is, you know, the standard American diet. A lot of people like to point out the acronym is SAD, which the Mm. standard American diet is a little, is a little sad, but the standard American diet is not full of whole grains and legumes, right? It's full of refined grains. And, And those are the problem because whole grains, I mean, they've been associated with numerous health benefits. Average intake of three servings of whole grains per day has been linked with like lower BMI, less abdominal fat. And the same intake has been associated with nearly a 20% lower risk of colorectal cancer, other benefits from consuming around two to three servings per day. It may reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes by about 20 to 30%. So a lot of benefits around consuming about, you know, two to three or more servings of whole grains per day. And of course, they are a great source of prebiotic fiber. That fiber can fuel a a diverse and healthy gut microbiome that, you know, just fights inflammation, supports all the health benefits that I just mentioned. Yeah. So to eliminate grains, and again, I mean, we know this, you know, I feel like everyone, myself included, has tried to eliminate grains and it just never works. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The desire for grains eventually wins out. And and again, you don't have to eliminate them. Mm -hmm. Reducing your intake of refined grains, I absolutely, absolutely support that 100%. Mm -hmm. 
but just substitute them with whole grains. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that point you brought up with gluten, you know, there's really no good evidence to support that gluten causes inflammation in those without celiac disease. Of course, Mm -hmm. we um, are starting to learn more about non-celiac. They used to call it non-celiac gluten sensitivity, but now they're calling it non-celiac wheat sensitivity because they think it actually might be another protein or component of wheat Mm -hmm. that is causing these celiac disease-like symptoms in people who don't test positive for celiac disease. So of course, those people need to avoid gluten. But for everyone else, there's really no indication that you need to. And when you force yourself to remove gluten, again, you have to remove these extremely nutritious grains. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the legumes. So interestingly, I kind of I use the search function on their website. I think they have removed a lot of the messaging on this. But Mm My understanding was they originally removed legumes because of the anti-nutrients. So, and are you familiar with like lectins and phytates? Yes. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. If you want to dive into that, I think you have a good Myth Monday or something video on that. (laughs) So yes, I think there's a lot of confusion and fear mongering around Mm -hmm. that, Um, especially with, I can't remember the the guy's account who talks about lectins all the time. Yeah. Shirtless carnivore. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, a therapist who now, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would love for you to dive into that a little bit. To do a lot of fear mongering. So actually, I think that the whole anti-lectin vendetta started with Dr. Grundy or Gundy. Um, he is the author of The Plant Paradox. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that book? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so he is very against lectins. Lectins and other anti-nutrients like phytates, they um, are proteins found naturally in all plant foods, but the greatest amounts are in legumes, whole grains, certain nightshade vegetables, and they essentially serve as a defense mechanism for these plants to help them survive and thrive in nature. Uh, but according to this Plant Paradox book and um, the Whole30 creators, these, they're essentially at the root of chronic disease. Um, lectins in particular, they say they their binding abilities allow them to latch onto the gut lining and wreak havoc, causing things like leaky gut, widespread inflammation, you know, as if we need another excuse for people to not eat more plant foods when they right. don't eat enough already. Right. Uh, but really, they, the evidence in humans does not support this at all. Um, The evidence supports quite the opposite. These Mm -hmm. foods are extremely nutritious associated with all, you know, all of these, a whole host of health benefits and eliminating these foods could really be doing yourself more harm. So it's, it's really unfortunate how this hype around these anti-nutrients has left so many people convinced that the most healthiest foods on the planet are somewhat dangerous. And when you really think about it, the typical Western diet, which is strongly linked to chronic disease, lacks many of these foods. Yeah, exactly. That are supposedly at the root of all these health issues. So again, you know, they they have removed, and I haven't looked at their Whole30, Whole30 book in a while, but they have removed a lot of the lectin and phytate messaging on their website, at least mm-hmm. when I searched for them the other day. I don't know if maybe it's because they're like, we really don't have evidence, have evidence. to support this, yeah. but we're not mm-hmm. just going to say, okay, you know, beans are <laughs> beans are back. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I certainly, 
I certainly do not support that at all. I am yeah. I am very pro beans, soy foods as well. Right. Especially for, you know, what about people who are following Whole30 who are vegetarian? There would be essentially no protein options left. Right. right? And you know, that's, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, I don't know if you know this, if they have some sort of like, if you're vegetarian or vegan, you know. Right. Like an ex- any exceptions exception. or something. I don't yeah. know. But I mean... <laughs> Unless the person eat eats eggs um, right. and or maybe they're pescatarian and right, include right. seafood, like that would leave literally – and vegan yeah. people, I mean, they would have zero protein options essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. It is um, – That's problematic. <laughs> it's very sure. problematic. Yeah. So yeah. I – I have not looked into that. They they must have some sort of exception. But yeah, I mean, these are, again, these are just, these are some of the most nutritious foods and they provide fiber, they provide phytonutrients. All of these are health promoting nutrients. So it's really unfortunate that not only are they, they're convincing you that you should eliminate them for 30 days, but that could convince many people that they need to eliminate or avoid these foods for the long term. Right. Exactly. And I've I've personally worked with people, you know, clients who they follow something, you know, whether it's Whole30 or something similar mm-hmm. that's restrictive, and they have so much fear reincorporating mm-hmm. these foods, even, you know, once they've completed it, you know, especially like after a keto, for example, you know, that yeah. intense fear of carbohydrate foods, like it's, yeah. it's a real thing that people experience and it's harmful. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, so we're telling you like, yes, these carbohydrate foods can absolutely be a healthy part of a balanced diet. And yes, again, we ultimately want people to eat more healthy whole foods, mm-hmm. fewer processed foods, make those swaps like whole grains over refined mm-hmm. grains, things like that. Those are all beneficial things, but it does doesn't have to be all or nothing. So yeah. I have to take a second to tell you guys about an app that I wish I would have had way back at the beginning of my journey instead of my fitness pal. And I may have been able to heal my relationship with food much sooner. Way is a mindful eating app and its purpose is to help you find peace in your relationship with food and your body. It uses simple, thought-provoking questions and sessions that combine the wisdom of intuitive eating dietitians and other experts to help you rethink health, unlearn a lot of the messages that we've seen from diet culture throughout our lives, and relearn how to care for our bodies through food. When I was deep in my struggles with food, I was constantly overthinking everything I was eating. I was doing mental math all the time and always thinking about my next meal. The objective of Way is to help you avoid this cycle. It's to help you learn to simply listen to your body's needs and honor them. It took me several years and lots of practice to relearn how to recognize and honor my hunger cues. And I know having something like Way could have helped me do this a lot quicker. I personally know some of the minds behind this app, which is why I can confidently say that this can and will absolutely provide value to anyone who is struggling or simply curious to learn more about a non-diet approach to their own health. From where I sit now, I can honestly tell you that having a peaceful relationship with food is priceless. The app is very affordable at just $6.99 per month and can really help you with the mindset shifts that I'm discussing here today. Like I said, I wish this is something that was available to me much earlier in my journey, so I hope it helps someone out there who could use more support in healing their relationship with food today. Head to the show notes for a link to download and learn more about the Way app. Okay, let's get back to the show. Absolutely. (laughs) And really quick, interesting point. So... Anti-nutrients are also found in a lot of the foods. I mean, they're found in all plant foods, but they are also found in pretty good amounts in some of the foods they recommend, like nuts. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that they would, you know, just eliminate some things 
for that reason, but, but not others. I mean, they would have right. to eliminate even more things, but yeah. 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 Very interesting and um, confusing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ironic and all of those things. Um, and what about, I guess, the the last ones that we haven't touched on? Well, actually, let's dive into dairy because that's a whole thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dairy, so controversial. Of course, if you're lactose intolerant and it just doesn't agree with you. I mean, it, you don't necessarily need it. It does, of course, it's a great source of calcium uh, and other nutrients as well. It's also foods like yogurt provide probiotics. So it's dairy foods are definitely beneficial, but you don't necessarily need them. You can get a lot of those things from other foods. Mm-hmm. And what stinks is like foods like Greek yogurt are a very dense protein source that's mm-hmm. also very affordable. Exactly. And versatile. Yeah. For sure. So, and yeah, that's something I, that's so so overlooked with programs like mm-hmm. this is like the accessibility piece and the affordability piece. Like mm-hmm. the reality is, a lot of people are on a tight budget and they have mm-hmm. to choose foods that will realistically fit into their life. Yep. And so it, it's very like elitist to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, you have to eliminate all these foods and these are your only few options. It's just not realistic for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. yeah, dairy is extremely affordable and nutrient dense and easy to incorporate. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That That's one, I mean, I, I definitely could not do. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. We eat a lot of dairy in this household. (laughs) Every single day. Yeah. So, and we're both still standing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's very possible to have great health. And I think also considering the context in which you're including dairy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, like you said, if we're having plain Greek yogurt at home and a fruit smoothie with spinach or Greek Mm -hmm. yogurt with berries on it or, you know, cheese on a salad or something versus, you know, and this is not to demonize, you know, fast food, but just as a contrast, you know, if we're getting a double cheeseburger or something with French fries, you know, it's very, very different, right? So how we're consuming the dairy matters and, you know, the Mm -hmm. whole picture. And that's why, you know, we always talk about the overall diet, right? It's not just like mm-hmm. one individual food or nutrient that is going to make or break your health. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And I love that you bring that up because with dairy, there's a lot of talk about the food matrix. So not even mm-hmm. like yes. just the like bigger picture food, like a burger itself. Like when you look at individual dairy products, um, this is why dairy foods like yogurt have been associated with positive health outcomes, whereas butter, it's less positive because the food matrix in yogurt. So not only do you have protein, you have probiotics, you have, you know, all these other great nutrients. So you want to think about dairy foods in that context as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like there's so much more that goes into food than people like really mm-hmm. think about. So when you zoom out and really think about all the different factors and things that go into it, it just makes a huge difference, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of food beyond calories, you know, I, I was talking to someone about that just yesterday, um, like a client who was following a very low calorie diet. And I'm like, you have to keep in mind that not only are you depriving your body of calories, you're Mm -hmm. depriving it of vitamins and minerals and fiber and all of the other amazing things that we get Mm -hmm. from food that are literally essential (laughs) for like digestion and our, you know, breathing and like all the Mm -hmm. things that are happening inside our body all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we need nutrition to support those things. So yeah, 
<laughs> I'd be really interested to see, you know, uh, like a, a nutrient breakdown of like of a bunch of people doing Whole30 and see what nutrients they're hitting like and which ones they're missing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure fiber would probably be one, even though they do encourage fruit, um, starchy vegetables and other vegetable consumption. Again, things like <laughs> beans and grains, which are like the main fiber providers in the diet mm-hmm. are eliminated. So, and yeah. I I had landed on a bunch of Whole30 forums when I was diving into this and a lot of people saying, you know, they felt super constipated while they were mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. Because, you know, they're not getting in enough fiber. Yeah, for sure. And then it's like, okay, you're going to take a fiber supplement to like make up for that. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you should eat whole foods. Like, right. And that's, <laughs> that's just the point. Whole, yeah. It's <laughs> called Whole30. Right. Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. Um, I guess the last one, and we didn't really touch on alcohol, but we Mm kind of talked offline uh, a little bit about alcohol. No alcohol in any form is allowed Mm -hmm. for the 30 days. And I actually will touch on this in my 75 heart episode Mm -hmm. for you guys because they also have that rule. Um, And I don't think it's a bad idea to like Mm -hmm. check in with your alcohol consumption, how much you're consuming, how frequently you're consuming it, but also most importantly, why you're consuming it. So like you know, drinking socially, I think is absolutely fine. If you enjoy, you know, a glass of wine with dinner or whatever the case may be, I don't want to shame anyone for drinking alcohol. I myself enjoy alcohol. I love beer. I love Marks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> but I also think alcohol has become like this problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's overconsumed. It's also, it's consumed in excess a lot, but it's also like, a coping tool, I feel like these days, you know, people are using it to like manage stress and emotions and like they don't have healthy coping strategies for managing stress. They're just turning to alcohol a lot. Obviously, again, not the case for everyone, but I think that's very common these days. So do you have any Mm -hmm. other additional thoughts on like the the alcohol rule? No, I mean, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I completely agree. I think it's ultimately, I think it's, it's tough because you're eliminating so many things at once. I think Mm -hmm. That's the only thing like, right. Doing, you know, doing a dry January or February is one thing, but doing that on top of having to eliminate all those things, right. Hard For and stressful, sure. yeah. but no, there's, I mean, there's really nothing negative to say about eliminating alcohol or at least limiting. Um, and like you said, thinking about like why you drink and when you drink and just mm-hmm. becoming aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Also with, with alcohol, it is another source of um, added sugar and it just provides, you know, empty calories. So also becoming aware of like the types of alcoholic beverages you're drinking, mm-hmm. probably helpful. Sure. And yeah, like you said, if you're eliminating all of these things at the same time mm-hmm. as alcohol, it's going to be very challenging to have like a social life during mm-hmm. <laughs> these 30 yeah. days or beyond, you know, like you said, yeah. if people are doing it. And that's not to say you can't, obviously you can be social without drinking alcohol, but mm-hmm. just saying it's going to be possibly difficult to go out to a restaurant and order mm-hmm. anything that's allowed, you know, that kind of thing. So it's definitely uh, a challenge. So yeah. like we talked about, no stepping on the scale. Totally agree. I think that's a helpful suggestion. Someone asked, so a lot of people, again, follow Whole30. Many of them, yes, are maybe weight loss related goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone's following it for digestive issues, what are your thoughts on this approach yeah. <laughs> for addressing <laughs> digestion issues? Yeah. 
you know, thoughts on, because someone asked, you know, how can I prevent digestive issues if I break or cheat my whole 30? And, and then how do I balance that with like the holidays coming up? And so I have, I have a whole, a whole lot of thoughts, but (laughs) I'll let you go first. (laughs) Well, I I thought that was an interesting question because, um, you know, if you're going by the rules of the, of the whole 30, like you're really supposed to do it no like cheat or treat anything um, during those 30 days. So you're really not supposed to start it if you plan on like, oh, I have, you know, Thanksgiving. So that whole day, I'm not going to be whole 30. So, you know, whole 30, it's not something that I would, you know, recommend like period of, again, I won't, I wouldn't shame anyone for doing it, but I I definitely wouldn't recommend doing it during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I feel like instead what I would recommend is like modifying some of the whole 30 principles. So things like added sugar, trying to limit that, which again is really hard during the holidays, right? <laughs> but instead of, instead of avoiding it and putting it completely off limits to mm-hmm. just limit it. Um, again, be aware of your added sugar intake. Also focusing on filling most of your plate with vegetables. Um, this can be helpful during holiday gatherings too. Um, focusing on those vegetable sides. I think that uh, those are some great Whole 30 ish principles mm-hmm. that you could incorporate uh, during the holidays. But again, I, I would not try to do a full on Whole 30 during that time. Right. For (laughs) sure. Yeah. And what are some other, other like strategies, I suppose that you would suggest instead of whole 30, if someone is having like digestive issues, obviously I think Mm -hmm. we can both agree that you should probably work with a dietitian one-on-one because it's so individualized. Like you're going to need individual guidance based on whatever you're experiencing. Obviously Mm -hmm. you can always chat with your doctor as well, depending on what's going on. So yeah, I I personally would not recommend just going straight to Whole30 if you're having digestive problems. Yeah. Yeah, You know, honestly, I am a little more okay with positioning Whole30 as like a jumpstart to weight loss um, than as some, you know, helpful elimination diet that you can do to, I identified foods that like, I think they had this on the website, do and don't work for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you mentioned, you really, if you think you have a food insensitivity or a food sensitivity or intolerance, you should really be working with an RD one-on-one, someone who specializes in that because it's very complex. Um, things that may, symptoms that may present as a food sensitivity or intolerance uh, could not be related (laughs) to a food sensitivity or intolerance. I mean, it could be stress. It Mm -hmm. could be a whole host of things. And dietitians are educated on that. With this Whole30, you you may be in like a Whole30 forum or Facebook groups. You may have people you can talk with, but you're kind of doing this on your own. And the people you are communicating with are not experts on food sensitivities and intolerances. So Mm Yeah, again, uh, an RD can work with you through a true elimination diet and a true like reintroduction phase. Mm -hmm. And again, help you figure out the symptoms that are related, that are possibly related to a specific food and that Mm -hmm. aren't. So that is what I would recommend. And another thing is when you go a whole 30 days eliminating so many foods. And then you get to this reintroduction phase and you're at the point where you can have grains and dairy 
And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, they haven't had pizza for a whole month. So it's like, I'm gonna have a couple slices of pizza. And then they're like, oh gosh, I feel, you know, I feel not great. I'm bloated. And, you know, I, I could see a lot of people assuming that it must be the dairy and the gluten, you know, right? Yeah. Um, when really it's just that for 30 days, you haven't been eating much yeah. and all of the sudden you, you put pizza back into the diet. Of course, you're not going to feel great. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's a, a problem too, with things like whole 30 is that oftentimes does happen where people are like, oh my God, finally I can have ice cream and pizza and all the things. Mm-hmm. And so it, it sometimes not for everyone again, you know, sometimes it may feel like a, a binge, you know, in comparison and yeah, that's never going to lead to feeling great. So yeah, mm-hmm. again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you said, whether it's throughout the holiday season or just in general throughout the whole year, really trying to eat more of those whole foods, being mm-hmm. mindful of added sugars, being mindful of your alcohol consumption, mm-hmm. etc., And you'll likely feel better all the time. And up in that fiber. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In addition to, yeah, stress management and getting enough yeah. sleep and drinking enough water and all yeah. of those things. Um, so many different things that we could yeah. kind of dive into. Okay, quick break to talk about the prenatals that I've been taking and loving for years. Full Well Fertility, formerly known as Full Circle Prenatal. These are formulated by a fellow registered dietitian who is passionate about women's health and wanted to create a supplement that was evidence-based, effective, and high quality. They didn't cut any corners with these prenatals. They use third-party independent testing for harmful contaminants such as heavy metals on every single batch produced. And these supplements provide optimal doses and bioavailable forms of nutrients to support women before, during, and after pregnancy. I can honestly say I've never felt nauseous from taking these, and I feel really good about all the research that Ayla has done to create such an incredible product. If you're in the market for prenatals, you can use my affiliate code wellnessforthewin to get 10% off your purchase. Okay, back to the show. Someone asked, and I thought this was a perfect question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Someone asked if a fully plant-based diet is really better for your health or not. Of course, again, there's a lot of messaging one way or the other. There's the carnivore diet, and then there's like fully plant-based. Right. Um, and I love that you call yourself a plant-forward, um, mm-hmm. or your approach is a plant-forward approach. And I think that's something that obviously everyone could really benefit from. Um, yeah. So I'd love to hear you kind of speak on your thoughts on that. Sure. So unless you are doing it for like ethical reasons, there's really no need to completely avoid any and all animal products for optimal health. Fully plant-based or vegan diets can produce great health outcomes, but there really isn't any concrete evidence that they are the best diet for optimal health or are superior to other health-promoting diets. Um, This includes diets like the Mediterranean diet, which we know is associated with numerous health benefits. But the dietary patterns that a large body of evidence supports are linked to the best health outcomes. So reduced risk of chronic disease, longevity, weight management, et cetera, are those rich in healthful plant-based foods. So that could look something like a Mediterranean style diet or a pescatarian diet or vegan or vegetarian, but it doesn't have to be completely free of animal products um, or any animal foods. And so, yeah, that's, that's why I am a huge proponent of more of what I call a plant forward approach, because we know that completely nixing something from the diet, and in this case, it would be animal products. Um, especially in a traditionally meat-centered diet, is very daunting. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it's also unnecessary for health if you don't want to. 
Right. So for a lot of people, they think they have to choose between essentially between all plants or no plants. But, you know, to commit to healthy plant centered eating, it does not have to be an all or nothing proposition. So the way I explain plant forward eating, it's really just making plants the center of your diet instead of animals, but not eliminating animal foods entirely. There's no like strict guidelines on that. Right. It's just when we build a meal, we tend to build it around an animal protein. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that you can't continue to do that with some of your meals, but to do it with less of your meals and instead with these other meals to build them around plant proteins. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like going back to the standard American diet, most people are really lacking in just in general, plant foods and especially mm-hmm. like plant proteins. And um, so, yeah, just being mindful of the overall plate and filling like at least half of your plate ish with yeah. vegetables and yes. um, again, whole grains and legumes and, yeah. you know, incorporating. And I think the the key is really variety of protein sources um, because, yeah, you know, meat, different types of meats have, they're a, an amazing source of protein and uh-huh. they're a great source of iron that we, mm-hmm. that is highly absorbable and vitamin mm-hmm. B12. So yes, there's tons of benefits of those foods, but we're oftentimes eating them in an imbalance relative mm-hmm. to other nutritious foods. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, the average American diet is not short on meat, which is why I do not understand this push on social media, um, from a lot of these like health and nutrition influencers pushing people to eat more meat. You know, I'm not saying that they need to say reduce your meat intake, but it it's just crazy to me, this push to eat more meat when, when we really don't have that problem here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Most people are not lacking in, in and, meat. Yes. Yeah. Although someone did, you know, several people actually asked about protein. And so mm-hmm. I thought it'd be helpful to kind of touch on protein needs because yeah. I actually do talk to a ton of people who are significantly lacking protein in their diet mm-hmm. and they don't even realize it. It depends on the person, of course, right. with the American diet. Some people are very meat heavy, but some people are just mm-hmm. very carbohydrate heavy mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. super like nutrient dense carbohydrates. And so yeah. there is kind of an imbalance and a lack of protein, which is oftentimes mm-hmm. leading to, you know, snacking all day or like mm-hmm. sugar cravings and stuff like that because they're not satisfied because mm-hmm. they're not getting enough protein. Yeah. So yeah, let's kind of dive into protein how to like maybe calculate protein needs, that kind of thing, Um, all of that good stuff. So, you know, interestingly, I mean, on at like the average American, according to like survey data does get enough protein. Um, and, and this really depends on the individual. So I don't know if you talk to a lot of older individuals, but they're one of those populations where you, you do need to focus more on making sure you're getting adequate protein because, um, their diets tend to lack protein, but again, most adults are probably getting enough. It may be that they're not getting enough of the right types of protein. So if they're doing like a lot of fried proteins and whatnot, of course, that can that can lead you to not feeling great. But so the uh, RDA, the recommended dietary allowance for protein we know is 0.8 grams per kilograms body weight. So for like a 150 pound person, that translates to about 55 grams, which really isn't much. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of like the minimum. Yeah, that's the minimum, right? So the RDA is considered a minimum and most health professionals would probably recommend at least, you know, closer to one to Mm -hmm. 1.2 grams per kilogram per day uh, and possibly a little more. I would say probably 
at least one, but I usually recommend for the average person 1.2 to 1.4. Is that in line with what you... Yeah. Yeah. Typically. And, and like you said, it kind of depends of course on your goals as far Mm -hmm. as like gaining muscle or losing weight or et cetera, you know, those types of things are going to factor into it. But yeah, I would agree. I think like 1.2 to 1.4 up to maybe Mm -hmm. like 1.6, depending on the person, um, is a great range. And by the way, people, this is 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram of body weight. So Mm -hmm. in order to calculate that, you'll divide your body weight in pounds by 2.2 to get the kilogram. So just for reference. Yeah. And yeah. a little and and more than, you know, a little more than one point. I'm not saying you can't go over 1.4. I just right. would say, you know, for the for the average person, um, and like you mentioned, people who are extremely active. So mm-hmm. the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has protein recommendations for athletes. So they recommend 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram for endurance athletes and then 1.4 to 2 grams per kilogram for strength training athletes. Yeah. So, you know, if you're extremely active, I would definitely increase your protein needs. If you're an older adult, um, really, I, I think the, I probably should have looked at this before. I think the RDA is a little higher or, or I would have to double check that. Yeah. Or there's at least some push to really increase that because again, older adults are lacking in protein. And then if you're losing weight, I usually would recommend making sure focusing on 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 protein and making sure you're getting enough because you want to retain lean muscle mass as you lose weight. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I think I think yeah. part of the reason that so many of the people that I talk to are lacking in protein is because they're simply not eating enough. They're just like Mm -hmm. skipping meals or just like randomly snacking during the day. And that is why they're just like, you know, not not. getting any like meaningful nutrition. (laughs) No. And and yeah, that's, that can certainly be the case. I, I definitely noticed that when I was working with individuals who were actively trying to lose weight and restricting Mm -hmm. their intake overall, like you said, they just weren't eating enough period. So your protein intake dropped. Um, And they also didn't, you know, it's, we have to educate them on how to incorporate protein into the diet, incorporate it into their snacks, in their meals. But, you know, even with all this talk about protein, I still like America has this obsession with protein. I (laughs) do think it's the only nutrient that's like not demonized, right? right? (laughs) Well, just you wait. I'm sure in like 10 years it will be. Right. But I, there are individuals I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this with, but I definitely recommend, you know, focusing a little less on protein and more on fiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fiber, we know I, the average intake in the U.S. is around 15 grams, which is mm-hmm. half of what the, yeah. rec- the daily recommendation is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are looking to improve overall health, lose weight, protein, of course, is important, but don't neglect fiber. Yeah. <laughs> Totally agree. Yeah. And I have I think I've seen you mention that before. You're mm-hmm. like, if you're going to count anything, count fiber. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally agree. I think, yeah. yeah, that's something that people are just not thinking about nearly mm-hmm. enough. So that's a good a good takeaway. Mm-hmm. And gosh, we could just chat for so much longer because I, I feel like there's so many other things we could talk about. Yeah. But I did want to briefly touch on weight because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I, I really encourage a kind of an intuitive eating approach. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I also... I I always say that I don't want people to feel bad if they have a goal of weight loss. Mm -hmm. You know, it's perfectly okay to have Mm -hmm. a goal of weight loss. However, I never want weight loss to be the one and only goal. You know, I want it to be something that 
is possibly a side effect of making Mm -hmm. healthy changes in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and doing it, you know, just kind of like you talk about doing it in a way that's health promoting and that makes you Mm -hmm. feel good and just not not letting the scale like totally dictate your life. But it's okay if you want to lose weight and it's okay Mm -hmm. if you want to like make some changes to your life and your Mm -hmm. health. But just doing that in a way that that feels good. And like you said, isn't like diet culture just like making you Mm -hmm. feel like crap about everything that you do. Um, So, you know, any additional thoughts that you have on kind of like weight and weight loss, Mm -hmm. especially again, I think there's a lot of division beyond or among dietitians these days regarding Mm -hmm. weight. There is. And I think I, I feel, I feel a little bit in the middle because I, I don't think it has to be one extreme or the other. I, Mm -hmm. I very much feel like, again, the, healthy habits are the most important thing at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, any, any thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, um, I'm in line exactly with you. I, I couldn't agree with more with everything you, you just said, really, I, uh, having started in the weight loss industry and like extreme dieting, I've mm-hmm. seen, I mean, firsthand really just how the uh, negative mental health effects that, mm-hmm dieting can bring. So I I love how you mentioned not focusing on weight. Mm-hmm. So I if someone wants to lose weight, I would recommend focusing on other changes that come from making sustainable health habits. Mm-hmm. So uh that could be something like better sleep. Yeah. Um, more energy, uh, maybe, maybe bet like some bloating and digestive issues you, you had, um, resolved Mm -hmm. instead of just fixating on a number on the scale. But I would also not shame anyone for wanting to lose weight. Right. Absolutely. Um, which, and, and, and like you mentioned, it, it is a shame that it, that RD is seem to be so divided on this topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, I get really scared to talk about weight loss yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. on social media. Right. Uh, but I think we need to, we need to be able to have these conversations because a lot of people want to lose weight and a lot of people could benefit from just a little, a, a little bit of weight loss, but nothing, nothing extreme. And yeah. Right. And, and learning how to, again, make changes in a healthy way that are like supportive of their physical and mental health along the way and meeting with a dietitian who's there Mm -hmm. to support them in that. Mm -hmm. Because again, you know, majority of the people that I work with want to lose weight. So I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say, oh, sorry, I'm not going to help you. I'm going to say, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, your current habits. Maybe, you know, what are some realistic changes that you could make? And Mm -hmm. let's maybe not focus totally on the scale, but let's focus Mm -hmm. on, you know, could you eat at least three servings of vegetables per day for a starting mm-hmm. point, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that's exactly like why I wanted to dive into whole 30, for example, is because regardless of whether we support these things or not, yeah. people are still going to do them, right? Going to- <laughs> you know, yeah. so we might as well give them information yeah. to help them make the best decision for themselves and mm-hmm. understand the pros and cons. And same goes with weight loss, you know, if yes. that's their goal, knowing, okay, that shouldn't be the one and only goal. And like you mentioned, all the other possible benefits that could come from eating better or exercising yeah. more or sleeping more, et cetera. So yeah, I, I appreciate your perspective and approach and just all of your knowledge today. This was, <laughs> yeah. this was great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I feel like we are on the same page for yes. most of the, or, or all of these, <laughs> all of these nutrition topics. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to 
to have dialogue with someone who's on the same page as you. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, I know I mentioned to you guys that we were possibly going to touch on intermittent fasting, but that could be a whole nother episode. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do a part two, but today we're just not going to get into it. But lastly, please yeah. tell us where people can find you if they want to learn from you on social media or on your blog. And I know you have a book as well. So share all the things. Yes. So I, on social media, um, on Instagram and TikTok, <laughs> I'm <laughs> at Shape by Charlotte. And then my website is shapebycharlotte.com. And if you are interested in learning more about plant-forward eating, I uh, released a book. It's been almost a year, actually, um, that it's been out uh, called The Plant-Forward Solution. And it has a ton of evidence-based information on plant-forward eating, plus meal plans, grocery lists, and recipes. Awesome. Perfect. And of course, as always, I'll link everything for you guys in the show notes so you can easily find her. And thank you again, Charlotte, so much for your time. This was amazing. And I can't wait to share it. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.